Move, counter move, detect, prevent, and defense. Being a CISO is like waging a never-ending chess game against players you don't know, can't see, and attack without warning. On this podcast, cybersecurity experts from Zscaler's Office of the CISO have a pragmatic dialogue on cyber risks, current attacks, and security trends. Welcome to the CISO's Gambit. Hello, listener. Brad Moldenhauer here, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the CISO's Gambit. And today I am joined by Danny Connolly. Good morning. Good morning. And Nicolas Casimir. Bon après-midi. Bonjour. Bon après-midi. <laughs> and today we are going to talk about the high-level topic of user experience. And I think it's pretty germane right now, considering all of the cybersecurity events going on and in all the conversations that we're having with customers and peers, the notion that all people want security, even though they don't necessarily like it, has come back up to the forefront. Um, and so we're going to be looking today at you know, tensions that could rise between security and business operations in the form of security versus business enablement, security versus user experience. And on that thought right there, I'm going to throw the question out to uh, Nicola and Danny. Why is user experience so important to a successful security program? So um, first of all, I think that uh, what we should be remind everyone is that the more seamless is security, the better it is. So whenever we are not, not a user wouldn't be able to notice uh, anything that is going on in terms of control, that would be the perfect solution. And, and, and I think that this is the goal that we, we should be aiming for, um, um, a seamless uh, security as possible. Um, I remember, you know, the time when uh, the firewall uh, was uh, getting transparent, meaning that you didn't have to do anything uh, for that firewall to filter the traffic, for instance. I'm speaking about uh, a time like 10 years ago. Um, but, but it was ideal because basically you have your traffic filtered without uh, the users noticing anything and, and the traffic were flowing through uh, the control uh, without any kind of modification and and we are seeing that uh, that principle um, uh, that is arriving to our modern uh, uh, security control and we, we, we are seeing much more the control coming at the users and not the the user getting at the control like for instance uh, within those legacy architecture when you have to enable your VPN, uh, and backhaul the traffic from your location to to the data center to 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 be to be secure to be in security. So my my first take would be uh, to focus on seamless solution to avoid any kind of friction with the users. Yeah, I, I agree, Nikolai. I, I mean, a network centric security architecture, um, you know, really is designed to prevent which becomes increasingly difficult to manage for firewall teams, um, you know, supporting enterprise services. So that means user experience is likely impacted if there's not a specific rule set um, for the service. So I would say, you know, to, to Nikolai, to your point is the, 
um, those, that legacy network architecture um, and those capabilities really, really does make it difficult for security to provide that seamless user experience. You know, one thing that I, you know, if I'm, you know, reading between the lines of what both of you said, it kind of takes me back to a little framework that I have when it comes to the implementation of controls. And, you know, Danny, you mentioned uh, prevention-based controls. Now, think about the types of controls that we're all familiar with throughout our careers, right? I mean, yeah, essentially at a high level, you have prevention, detection, and response-based controls. The more preventive a control is, obviously, the more friction it's going to introduce to that user experience that we talked. But at the same time, that's kind of where you want to get to when you implement a control, specifically when we're talking about threats like ransomware. So, I mean, aside from that, what are some other common reasons that contribute to a poor user experience other than that control friction that I just spoke of? I would say, um, you, you know, going back to legacy technologies like the VPN, VPN gateways for remote users, right? Uh, if a user has to connect through a VPN service or another remote access solution, all of the traffic from wherever the user is connecting from, whether it be maybe a, a hotel network or their home, like what everybody's doing today in COVID, all of the user's traffic has to be backhauled through the VPN gateway um, you know, to the data center, up through the, the security stack and out to the internet. So that routing and that uh, multiple layers of filtering increases latency and, and contributes to a poor user experience. Indeed. And, and also what is contributed to, 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 to contributing to that ID, the central ID that user experience should be embedded into security program is, is basically that um, the changing role of the CISOs, we are any, not anymore, you know, into a role where we should and we could impose our IDs to the IT guys and say, this is not the way you should be doing this, you should be doing that, and, and so on. And, and, you know, this is this is what the reason why we were called the department of, no, we, we are much more in a role now where we are business enabler, uh, meaning that we should finding solution with the business owners to help them to achieve their targets and so on. And so this is the reason, the reason why the, the place, the role of the CISO has, has shifted a lot. And the reason why user experience is very much more important nowadays than it was before. It's because we are much more in relation with those uh, business owner. And, and, and also because we are not, we are not uh, able to do a security program for our own pleasure. We are doing that for the user to protect them. So they should be embedded and we should be listening to their feedback. Uh, uh, yes, and, and that they, they should be easily finding solution to their problem with, uh, with us. Uh, another like thing that could said. be interesting, uh, I, I don't know, but uh, there are a couple of um, um, uh, good security tools that have a poor uh, user experience that uh, could be interesting to describe within within that discussion. For instance, uh, we can can discuss about password password manager. Yes. And 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 for instance, I'm using a password manager. Yeah. But but whenever you uh, did you ever try to um, 
make your user uh, using a password manager and you will see their reaction. They're, oh, it's complicated. It's, and, and more and more, they're, they're getting accustomed to use those kind of tools. But by the past, it was really tricky. Now they know, and for instance, for their own um, accounts within, I don't know, their, their webmail account and so on, they are seeing much more uh, multi-factor authentication, those kind of uh, so. Also, what we can say that the maturity of the user is getting much more uh, higher those days, and and so they are much much more keen to understand the reason why we are putting security for accessing an application, for instance, and those kind of elements. So, uh, in the same time, I think that uh, the CISOs uh, are much more there to listen to the users, and the same simultaneously. The users also are uh, much more interested and much much more aware of the risk. You made two significant points there. The office of no, I really liked because we can no longer just say no as security professionals, right? When somebody comes to us or we're working with business to uh, stand up a new enterprise service, you can't say no. You are there to support the business needs. And I think you know, in the past, it was much different um, where you could say no because it's security related. Now it's, you have to figure out a way to not say no, but say, okay, it's not secure to do it this way, but here is a way that you could accomplish your same business objective, but in a secure fashion. And, and exactly, it has a lot of meaning. And, and another thing is that also we are frequently opposing user experience and security. We are not. Uh, we we are there now to um, to improve the productivity of the employee. So I think this is a really a shift in the in the security uh, focus uh, of those, especially nowadays. Yeah. Uh, and so user experience is key. And it should sustain productivity. That's that's for sure. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's kind of interesting. I uh, over the course of my career, I, yeah, you you know, like when you work within a security team for an organization, you know, you've got this wonderful mission statement, you know, to protect the confidentiality, integrity of But you know, I always the later on as I progress further in my career, I, I thought to really focus that more towards, you know business outcomes and business value. And really, you know, what I always stumbled upon was the notion of when I'm implementing a control, it needs to positively impact employee productivity, customer service, and the bottom line. And you know what? I executives enjoyed that much more than, you know, me getting up there and, you know, going on and on about management, operational and technical safeguards, yada, yada, yada. Um, so it, it's fascinating to hear both of you guys kind of say the same thing. Now, you know, tying this together, uh, you, know, you know, and uh, you guys mentioned a lot about, you know, various controls and the minimization on, uh, you know, uh, the minimization of control friction on user experience and employee productivity. But something that I heard that was interesting that um, that I've given some thought to is we talked about this notion of, um, you know, preventive controls, detective and response. And, you know, I think that that kind of feeds nicely into defining, you know, risk tolerance within an organization, because, you know, I, I advise a lot of customers, much like both of you guys do, um, on various controls that they're implementing within their organization. And I get that question a lot. It's like, hey, you know, we want to implement this, but I, I mean, it seems like it's just 
going to be too impactful in terms of business velocity, like, you know, the preventive nature of the control. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what, let's, let me show you how you can tune a detective control. So with that high level thought there, I'll leave it open-ended. How do, how are you guys helping define uh, risk tolerances for, you know, some of the customers you're advising or within some of your previous organizations? My, my first thought is, it's so important to have your CIO or senior leadership engaged with the current threats and what that could potentially do to your organization. Um, if you don't have that buy-in early on, when you implement preventive controls or responsive controls like containment, when you contain an asset or a server or what have you, which has to happen as quickly as possible. And if you don't have that senior leadership buy-in yet, uh, or they might not be aware of the current threats, uh, they don't quite understand and the user complains and it gets to the CIO or leadership and they, they're they looking at security, like, why are you doing this? This is bad. Like, so, so I think having them engaged and on board with what you're doing um, from a security response perspective is critically important um, as it applies to the risk tolerance of the organization. Yeah, it makes total sense what you just said. It's also tied back to um, the role of a CISO from a solution provider and the role of the CISO within a client organization that should enable the managers, the CFO, the CEO to understand the nature of the threats and so on. So to your point, Danny, you you made an excellent point by saying that they should be aware now it's very difficult for them not being aware with the headlines uh, that we, we, we are seeing. Right. But, but, but definitely this is one of the most important part of the, the role of a CISOs to make the managers, the business owner aware of, of the threat that is out there and to make them understand that um, uh, being a victim of those threats uh, can be avoided with simple, sometimes simple measures. Sometimes it's more, more costly, but those discussions that we should be having as a CISOs with business owners. So it's a question of um, walking the walk and, and talking the talk in the same time. <laughs> Basically, you have to discuss with business owner. And I, I do think that to really understand their requirements, their needs. And, and so it's a, also a question of uh, understanding from your side uh, at the CISO's level to understand what is the current situation, what the organization really needs. So there is no uh, magic um, way of you know, finding um, what is a good risk tolerance. And this is also the reason why uh, we've been seeing the role of the CISO's is a bit changing from a more technical role to a more a soft skill oriented role where you should be able to discuss with the, the business owner, understand their needs, and understand what you can do and what you can't. And so, yeah. I think that's the hard part, Nikolai, is finding a CISO that could go down to the technical level or enough of that technical level to describe or, or what's happening on your network today and the threats targeting your organization. You know, being able to articulate that at a higher level um, is is a unique skill set because you have to be very well-rounded and have a well-rounded background um, to to truly even understand the threats themselves and the impact, you know, it has yourself, let alone explaining it to somebody else. 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great point. And um, yeah, I should, I, I should mention that too. Um, having that holistic sense of, you know, the organization when you're in that CISO role, because, you know, sometimes when I talk to, to security professionals about the discussion that I mentioned, you know, about, you know, the implementation of a detective vis-a-vis a responsive, vis-a-vis a preventive control, you know, I tell them, well, it all goes back. You have to understand what you're doing in order to generate revenue for that business. Then That's when right. you start taking a look at a control, okay, look, we all understand preventive controls the focus is on minimizing the vulnerability and the potential for harm. Lowest risk, usually the lowest cost and limited liability. However, you know, maybe that is not possible when you start thinking about how you guys are staying in business. Because remember, this is the other side of that that I'm constantly educating people on is that, you know, we need to take risk in our roles as well. Because remember, no business value can be generated without risk taking. Because sometimes, you know, we talk to CISOs and they're like, you know, I mean, I'll see some bizarre implementations where they're just, you know, restricting like every single type of file download from every category of of sites on the internet. I'm like, how many exceptions do you have? (laughs) I mean, it's things like that because, you know, then you got to start thinking about some of those detective and responsive controls where, yes, the focus is now shifted on minimizing damage. And the only variables are time to detect and time to contain, as you mentioned, Danny. Yeah, it makes total sense. And uh, it reminds me of a discussion that I uh, got, believe it or not, with the CISOs that were saying, no, I'm, I don't want to inspect SSL traffic because uh, with you, because basically you put, you are potentially a target uh, for uh, f- from attackers. And, and then... I much more prefer to have a blind spot of uh, 90% 90 of my web traffic. So I was surprised to get into those kind of discussion, but believe it or not, this is is the case. Sometimes people make a choice and it's a question of, and and, and that's the the difficulty of of the job because it's it's a question of perception. Perception of a risk is is really something that is related to human, to you know, to your your, tho- your, your thoughts. It's it's and, and to your knowledge, of course. And this is where uh, some security program uh, is only able to progress whenever there is a crash, an accident, or something that is you know a ransomware, and and, and some organization is drastically progressing after an incident. Before that, they were thinking, no, uh, we are fine. Uh, everything's going gonna to go okay. We, we don't have problem. We are too small to be attacked. Those kind of, of bullshit element. <laughs> so, gentlemen, fascinating dialogue as always. So, in conclusion, I think that we can say user experience is key in every service. And for a cybersecurity service, the best user experience is, in a way, to just feel as if it is not there. Be fast, seamless, comprehensive, uncompromising, privacy aware, and non-intrusive. <laughs> your service should feel like magic to your users with no friction at all. At least that's my takeaway. Thanks for listening to the CISO's Gambit with Zscaler's Office of the CISO. Check back with your podcast provider regularly for more episodes. Brad, Nicola, Mark, and Danny are CISOs for the Americas and European regions at Zscaler. You can find their profiles on LinkedIn or reach out to them and other CXO transformation leaders in the Zscaler CXO community LinkedIn group. 
Zscaler is a zero trust exchange inline cloud security provider for some of the largest companies on the Forbes Global 2000. Find out more about Zscaler at zscaler.com. Copyright 2021.